welcome to episode 87 of the Avatar Hour podcast, your ultimate companion podcast to the world and fandom of Avatar. I'm Kayla. And I'm Andre. And today we are opening our Messenger Hawk mailbag for the first time for our first ever mailbag episode and diving into some questions and theories sent to us from our listeners. So in this episode, you can expect some full spoilers for Legend of Korra, Last Airbender, and potential spoilers for other Avatar media as well, considering this is a mailbag episode. Um, but we will try to give you as much warning as we can before we get into spoiler territory. Um, but before we open up the mailbag, Andre, how are we doing this week? Uh, doing okay. Could have been doing better. Um, on the second day of Pride Month, I tested positive for COVID. So I've been sick for the past couple of days. Um, for the most part, it's like been pretty manageable. The worst thing like so far has been I've just had this like really like nasty like chest cough. Yep. Um and it's not not fun at all. No, I've been it's like not. popping cough drops like all day. Um apparently the apparently cough drops like when you you know, my ex told me this. Apparently like cough drops, especially when you come trying to get all the mucus and shit out of your body, it doesn't help that. So oh, I know great. it sucks to have yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh but it does It's more just like when you when like I'm I when you cough, it like hurt to like constrict your chest it's like i just want a little break from that yeah yeah i understand yeah uh trust me i know i just i'm i'm on my i'm on i'm on the road to recovery myself so i i completely understand uh yeah i mean my COVID situation i i still test positive but it's a very faint positive uh Mm. obviously i sound a little bit better today uh but yeah i don't have as much of a cough anymore my taste and smell are coming back i'm still stuffy and i'm not sure if it's my allergies or covid still Mm -hmm. but you know thank god for vaccines right (laughs) yeah yeah it could have been way worse Um, but i'm sorry you got covid yeah yeah it's not been fun it's also come at like the worst time because um i recently signed on to be music musical director for um a show here locally and i was there for the first two nights of auditions living like my american idol fantasy and then i wake up the next day and i've got this like cough out of nowhere and i was like i better just like test positive you know because i don't want to get people sick and especially like people like the director i don't want to get her sick so i was like yeah i'll just i'm yeah i'll be fine just just for the you know the um just peace of mind mm-hmm. peace of mind right and then i start seeing like that t line come up and i'm like are you fucking kidding me i go two years of having not COVID, and then this is like literally the worst timing possible so i had to do our third night of auditions and callbacks virtually which was not easy and not fun no it doesn't um, sound like it <laughs> yeah and we're supposed to be starting like vocal rehearsals meaning the rehearsals i'm supposed to be at this week so oh, I'm going to be getting a test tomorrow and seeing what it says. Um, hopefully it'll say negative because I'm I'm feeling much better. I still sound a little like in just or whatever. But like I, I have my appetite back. You know, I have all my energy back. So I'm feeling OK. I feel like I'm starting uh, like my taste and smell is like maybe at like 60 percent right now. Um, but it's I think it's largely due to the fact that I'm still congested because I was also sick if y'all remember like a month ago and I had the same situation I was super congested and I didn't have much of my taste and smell so um, so yeah it's not great and I won't I don't know when I'll be able to go to like actual pride thing um, on top of like COVID and the schedule that comes with being a music director so 
Yeah. So yeah, off to a great start. Oh. <laughs> Sorry to hear that, pal. That's okay. But I'm excited to come back and do and do this episode with you. We were off for Memorial Day last weekend. Did you yes. do anything fun last weekend? Yes. Uh, I went to Orlando to go to Disney World for Memorial Day weekend. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I got to go with my siblings, and we got to ride the new Guardians of the Galaxy coaster in Epcot, which it's so exciting because it's like. It just opened that weekend. Nice. So it was really cool to kind of be part of the first group of people to ever ride it. Um, what I loved about it, it was just a fun roller coaster. It's like a, it, it um, like the cars can spin and that just kind of adds to the experience. Uh, like not like spin. And I mean, I'm not sure if it does a three full 360 or not, but it, like the cars like move. Like there's one part we were going down like this hill and then we went, turned to like we did like went around something. The mm-hmm. cars turned to face the middle. Like, it was just very cool. I've never been on anything like it before. The music, of course, is fantastic. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. What were you expecting? Mm-hmm. And, like, they had a choice of six songs. Like, you didn't choose a song. But it was, like, um, any, there's, like, these six songs that you could get on your ride. And we got One Way or Another by Blondie for our first ride. And then our second one was uh, Conga by Miami Sound Machine. So nice. that was a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, I did that. And then I've been up to a lot of pride stuff um, because I'm no longer contagious. So... That was good. Uh, I was I marched the Pittsburgh Pride Parade with uh, my friends in the Rocky Horror cast that I'm in here in Pittsburgh. Uh, so much fun to be a part of it, uh, to march in a parade and to dress up. I definitely spent too much money at Pride, but it was so much fun. So much fun. I got to help out with the Rocky show and I am we were recording this the afternoon after and I just woken up right before we recorded this because I am dead <laughs> but it's it's a good kind of tired you know yeah. when you've done a lot of cool things and yeah i'm just really glad i've had a really great pride experience and you know there's a few things i still have planned for this month uh awesome. so i'm really excited but yeah some, some good stuff happening over here um thanks but i'm really excited for you for working with the, your local theater and you know mm-hmm. doing uh what's the show again it's called pippin mm-hmm. um it was on broadway in 2013 um and we're doing the that that was the revival version it was also on broadway i think like back in the 70s or 80s uh, but yeah it's a really fun show it's really silly and dumb but like in the best way nice. um, and the music's really fun so i'm excited for that and this is also like the theater's first musical after covid um so this will be kind of like a grand reopening in a way too so no pressure there because this is also my first time doing something like this you can do it i believe in you (laughs) yeah i'm really excited i just hope i get better soon so i can you know start going to rehearsals but i'm sure you will you know just keep resting up you know take uh you know take the decongestants because those definitely i mean they don't do a whole lot at first but as you go along you start to notice more of the Mm-hmm. you know the difference for sure i've been I've... doing the the afrin nose spray as my best friend oh yes i, I do it that. right before bed so i don't like have to like sleep with my mouth open because I, I just i can't do that i i wake up i like cotton mouth every day Dr- oh yeah. yeah i'm yeah. dealing with that so. too but you know i hope you feel better soon and that you'll be back to pippin rehearsals uh in no time thank you uh I'm I'm really sorry that happened. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm but, drawing you know. I'm drawing on the energy of my pride ancestors. There you go. So. <laughs> exactly. Carry through. Yeah. But yes, this is our first mailbag episode. Uh we've what had is a lot a mailbag of episodes. Yeah, so Kayla? a mailbag episode essentially is where we read and you know discuss feedback and theories from our listeners. 
So, uh, you know, as we always say at the end of every episode, we encourage people to send in their thoughts, feelings, memes, all that good stuff into our DMs or our email. And we have had a lot of things sent in over messages, over email, all that stuff. So we sometimes tend to uh, allocate those for Fandom Corner, Mm -hmm. but we want to do a specific episode to dedicate towards our listeners because, you know, obviously this podcast wouldn't be where it is today without all of you. And so we want to just kind of, you know, discuss some of the things that we haven't had the chance to talk about on the podcast. Some of these might be uh, from a few months ago, so we apologize about that. But we wanted to kind of just give the time and space that these kind of uh, thoughts require. Um, So we hope to do more of these in the future. So again, keep sending in. We love hearing from all of you. So please keep sending in your, you know, your thoughts, feedback on the show or itself or any of the media that we discuss. Um, So... And There's, just a, a quick yeah. disclaimer too, if you have sent in something and you don't hear it on this episode, it's not because we don't like you and it's not because we don't want to talk <laughs> about it. It's largely basically just to do with like our runtime, the flow of the show. But do know that if you send in something, we are reading it and most of the time we are discussing it off air as well. So it's not for not, you know. Yeah. But, but we do like to to handpick, you know, what what will it's just part of the production of the show. What will, you know, uh, garner the best discussion between us and make a, an engaging listening experience. So, um, again, no hard feelings. We are reading everything that's coming in. Um, but these are the things that we've picked out today that we want to talk about. Um, yeah. So yeah. So you want to do this first one, Kayla? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So our first piece, our first piece of mail in the mailbag comes from at Extreme Secrecy on Instagram. And they write, something that I always thought was odd about Kaya, Bumi, and Tenzit is that though they are all half air nomad and half water tribe, they only seem to embody the dress, uh, sorry, they only seem to embody dress and present themselves as the type of vendor that they are. Um, Kaya is much of an air nomad as Tenzin is, and vice versa. And same with Bumi. I feel that you don't can't really recognize that because in the show they they seem to mainly identify with the element that they bend. I wish that the character designs and personality included more of a combination of both backgrounds, like how that one character in the Promise comics, I think her name was Corey, I think it was, uh, who is both Earth Kingdom and Fire Nation, and they incorporated that into her design. I feel like they could have done a lot more to explore that dual identity with Aang and Katara's kids and that most biracial children experience. Mm, this is a really interesting, interesting question and observation. Um, yeah. I think the only difference between Corey is wasn't is Corey a non-bender or is I she th- a bender? I don't think she's a bender. Yeah. So that might be why her um like dress is symbolic of the two, uh, and not yeah. This was Corey Morishad uh Morishida, the daughter of the mayor. Um, oh no she's an earthbender oh i'm so sorry it's been a minute since we read the oh so never mind yeah my bad yeah that's interesting I, the the mix of the elements in like her attire probably just has to do like what we what she believes in um uh but yeah that's it i never really thought about how kaya is as much of an air nomad as tenzin and i guess tenzin is as much as a water tribe member as Kaya is so yeah. but I but I think you know because they are benders and that that's something that's inextricably linked to their identity. you know sense of identity mm-hmm. and and personhood I think that's why it's just kind of like 
you know, a tradition of of this world is that you dress in the attire of your of your of your element or where you come from. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think I can't really think of a another character that like kind of exists outside of the colors of their nation or element. I will say though with personality wise, I think Kaya does kind of embody some of the uh free spiritedness of the Air Nomads because mm-hmm. she did kind of like wander the world for a while. Um uh in the sense and also I don't know, she just feels a little bit more of the free spirit than Tenzin is a little bit uh, when it comes to air nomad philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I, I agree with this. There sh- should be some more. Uh, there should have been some more like of the exploration of both of their heritage, you know, both sides of their heritage. Uh, yeah. And and I think maybe like Boomy is a good example, because at the time he we meet him, he's not a bender. And he dresses as such, like he's wearing mostly like browns and reds, but not the red that's like typically identified with the Fire Nation. So he hasn't yeah. really conformed the United to either Nation. one. He wears like yeah. the United Nations uniform as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, the the attire and everything is such an interesting element of no pun intended, interesting yeah. element of this universe. Even when like the Air Nomads, you know in season four of Korra where they're roaming the world fixing problems their attire isn't like explicitly air nomad I don't think it's more like navy blues and reds and and I think there's like little hints and nods to the original air nomads but it's a lot less uh identifiable identifiably air nomad and I think that's like on purpose um so yeah I don't know that's that's really interesting yeah um yeah, I guess it really just is down to their element, and and that's how they choose to identify. Yeah, so exactly. But thanks for bringing that up. We really appreciate that. I think we've had extreme secrecy, uh, mm-hmm. like their DMs have reached it a few times on the show. So thanks for sending this in. Yes, yes. All right. Would you like to take the next one, Andre? Sure. Uh, we have a couple of questions and theories from Caitlin. Um, so we're gonna start with this one. This is, uh, I think. They, this was sent um, after one of our Korra recaps. Um, but they ask, since Aaron, I'm going to say Ihaj, I know, I know the name and I know the writer, but I have no idea how to say his last name. Um, and Elizabeth Welch weren't involved with Legend of Korra. What do you think would have changed and stayed the same? For example, the love triangle, writing a very large cast of characters, plots, etc., for example, they tried to do complex plots in 12 to 14 episodes. So I'm not really familiar with just um, how involved Aaron and Elizabeth were um, in the writing of Atla, at least. I know they did a yeah. lot. I know those names are very familiar. And it's probably because you see them at like the end title card of who wrote the episode. Um, I think this boils down to like our discussion uh, we had with the season one finale with Fran talking about how, you know, maybe some of the the flaws of season one kind of tie back to the fact that it was largely Brike, the two of them working on this, and um, the way that the season could have benefited from being written from a writer's room. But I do, I do maintain that if there were more people involved, I do think we would have gotten a different season. I'm not necessarily going to say better because there's no way to know that and i i don't always necessarily think adding more people into the room 
fixes things. Um, if anything, it can if if you add too many people, it can just create inconsistency too in many the writing. Cooks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so so yeah, I don't really know. Um, yeah, I mean, and I we... think I think I I cut this this line out, but uh, Caitlin did say that she doesn't believe these two people are what made Avatar Avatar, but she just wanted to know. Um, yeah, what they what what we thought about that. Do you have any thoughts about that, Kayla? Uh, nothing new, honestly, that you mm-hmm. haven't already said. Uh, you know, I mean, again, we can't tell what Cora could have been. We weren't involved in the production. Uh, you know, and we don't live in the universe where Cora <laughs> turned out differently. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, interesting points. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else to add to it. <laughs> I'd be interested to know if Bright ever, like, you know, kind of admitted that they would have, if they could go back in time, they would bring, like, at least a third person on to to help with the writing. Like, if they have any regrets about it being just the two of them. Um, but again, we, we can't forget the fact that they were also kind of at the hands of Nickelodeon and their unwillingness to let them know if they had another season or not. So that largely does impact the writing, but... Um, but yeah, well, I guess we'll never know. But that's that's yeah. my thoughts on it. Um, yeah, don't mean to switch to the yep. next pack because there's two parts. So there's two parts to this. Um, so Caitlin also wrote that, uh, wrote their thoughts uh, regarding our episode on the season one finale and their thoughts mixed in with it. Um, so they wrote that if there was only one season of Legend of Korra that it originally planned for, would you be satisfied with Endgame being the series finale? I wouldn't, even though this is my favorite series. Also, what are your thoughts of Aang as a mentor to Korra? Um, so it's kind of a two-parter segment here. Um, hmm. I'm going to say probably no. Even though like it does kind of come to its conclusion and fulfills the arc that was introduced, I still would have not have been satisfied with it. I'd feel kind of like wanting more out of mm-hmm. it, personally. Um, because I mean, there's just so many nuances in Korra's character to explore, in particular. Uh, and the world that it's you know, Legend of Korra introduces and what it looks like now after Atla is just so interesting that you know, I would want more out of it. Uh, it's an interesting question. I, I don't, I don't know. It's I'm trying to put myself in like an alternate universe where they just did just have the one season. Um. I don't really know. I mean, part of me like agrees with you, Kayla, that I don't think I would be satisfied um, because there there is just so much to do with these characters, but also just satisfied from like a writing perspective because it does the the last like act of the the finale really just goes really quickly, and I don't know how satisfied I would have been with that because they escalated the conflict so well throughout the season that it got diffused really quickly. Yeah, um, exactly. So, but on the other hand, I don't, I don't know. Like, I could also see myself like finishing season one and being like, "That was great. I would, I would love to see more." But you know, if they, if they don't, it's okay. So, I guess I don't really have an answer. It's, yeah, I feel like it's, a lot of the discussion around Cora and like what could have been is yeah. really hard to answer because we don't yeah. live in that universe where that, that where what could have been happened. You know. Yeah. Obviously, I'm I'm glad that we ended up getting more, and I think that was the right decision, absolutely. Um, but it is interesting to think about what what would it what would it have been like if we did just get that 
that first yeah. season. So I don't, I don't know. Like, would there have been, would there have been outcry from the fandom if Nickelodeon said, "All right, that's it," you know, or yeah. would the fans like just could have like you know take it or leave it, take it I and leave it. I don't know. The last few years have made me a little less optimistic on my view of some areas of the fa- of fandom <laughs> in general. So true, true. Yeah. And then, what do you think of the second part of the question? What are your thoughts on Aang as a mentor to Korra? Kind of wish we got a tiny bit more of it, like a tiny bit more. But um, I like it. I mean, they're also just two different people. Which I mean, I always like it when we see like avatars, like you know, kind of working. I understand why they didn't do as much with Aang mentoring mm-hmm. Korra because they definitely explored that a lot with Roku and Aang. Mm-hmm. Um, but and also because yeah. it's Aang, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just. A, I always like it when like the kind of like the opposite characters end up working together. Like I'm, you know, like because Aang and Korra are two very different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, that's that's why I would have liked seeing more of that kind of dynamic. You know. I the only reason I would want more of Aang being a mentor to Korra is so that when she does loses her connection to him, it hurts more all impactful. the more. And yeah, and I know that sounds a little morbid, but you know, no, it's like, not. It's good. We like emotional like, pain. <laughs> like season three and four, Korra does struggle with you know not having that connection a little bit. I would have loved that to be a more prominent theme, um, throughout season three and four. Um, and I think it, it does show up here and there, but I think, you know, on the other hand, it makes complete sense because I don't think Cora really relied on her past lives for mentorship, at least, you know, so it kind of does make sense that she wouldn't be struggling with it so much. So I guess I just would have loved to see that because then it would have like made her, you know, come to terms with like what this new version of the Avatar is, you know, um, so I guess just, yeah, we get little hints of everything I'm talking about, but I would have just loved to see more. I agree. Would you like to take the next part of this? Sure. More thoughts? <laughs> um, and Caitlin says, Tenzin is quite is a quite powerful airbender, so I'm just wondering how on earth the Equalists had caught up to them and captured them. Lin's heroic sacrifice meant nothing to me now. She didn't protect them. She just delayed their capture. A single line would have sufficed if we didn't see it happening. What do you think, Kayla? Like, do you think the fact that they were captured anyway kind of, like, you know, invalidates Lynn's sacrifice? Or do you think, you know, just the the fact that she was able to make, that she decided to make that sacrifice is all that matters? Yeah. I think she, like, that decision, that selfless decision to Mm -hmm. sacrifice herself, um, I don't think it takes away from it personally. Uh Um, You know, it's... Like I, I, there's definitely a logical explanation as to why the equalists. Inch. I mean, look at what was going after them. I'm sure that if they had, you know, after Lynn took out Minch to get, you know, to, like disable one of the airships, they would have sent another. Like mm-hmm. they have Hiroshi Sato on their side. He's got plenty of those, you know, of technology and things to help aid in the capture of the air nomads or yeah. the other air family. Like. I don't, I think that, like, I mean, we saw Tenzin, we've seen Tenzin get overwhelmed by, you know, if it's just one against, you know, dozens of equalists. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen him struggle against that. Yes, he is definitely a powerful airbender, there is no question, but he's only one person. Right, but know? it's also hard to fight and also be protecting, like, your kids and your exactly. wife and your newborn. Yeah. You know? So, so that's... I, I, could, I could see it, it, see it happening. Um... Yeah, but like, I think also it kind of adds that emotional punch, too, of, like, you know, yeah. 
Like, yeah, she sacrificed herself and then they still ended up doing it anyway. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel in a way that's like beating over the head hopeless. You know? Yeah. I think when you see those airbenders in the next episode or like two episodes later, you're not like, oh, like she did that for nothing. It's like, oh, she did that for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like, oh, God damn it. Like, you know, she sacrificed all of that and they still got captured anyway. Yeah, it's you know. definitely things, but you felt it was like satisfying in an emotional narrative sense to yeah. me. Yeah. So, but it's like the third one. Yeah. So, Caitlin also writes that I didn't feel like Cora was about to commit suicide. We're talking about the scene on the cliff where you see the tear fall from her cheek down into the water below. Um, she wrote that it had the potential to be impactful, but it was too quick. I've seen some people that feel the same. Since Cora is all healed, now she's okay with reciprocating Mako's love. So she only deemed herself worthy of love when she was the avatar because it's not a sad or depressing thought. Mm. Um, I'm going to say that like, I mean, again, we don't, we don't live in Cora's head. We don't know exactly what she's thinking in that moment. Um, but I do think that that might've been something on her mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think that, and also considering that how much detail goes into animation, um, it's on purpose. Everything that you see is on purpose uh so they wouldn't have included that tear falling off her cheek into the water below her if that wasn't important um mm. and again that's always it's up to interpretation because again it's you know they that's and we welcome that we welcome to we welcome interpretations of what we see on screen especially if it's left open for interpretation like that scene um so we're not i'm not right. validating uh i'm just sharing my opinion on that i do think that that was something that was on her mind uh obviously yeah. a lot of things are probably on her mind at that moment uh do you have any thoughts on that part before i go into the next part yeah i definitely think there was like definitely some suicidal ideation like yeah i think if we like if cora was like a novel written by fce i do think there would have been a line in there that she was questioning whether to just end it all now and i think that's kind of why she like broke down and started crying because she was like i've really hit my low- lowest point if i'm thinking about ending it all you know um but it's like that frustration of like i'm thinking this but also what is there left to do you know um so i this for me is like another like you know instance of like the amon and tarlock scene and the tear like what does it mean does he know does he not know it's kind of just again up to what what you feel like uh fits your interpretation uh i do agree that it had the potential to be impactful but it was too quick I think it was still impactful, but I think if we lingered a little bit more on Cora in that in that moment, I think it would it just would have helped, um, yeah. like sell the moment a little bit more. Um, but uh, in regards to you know why she's able to reciprocate Mako's love after she's healed, I absolutely think that is why. Um, but I also don't think like it's the right decision because. As we kind of see in the next season, uh, they're not exactly like made for each other, and they like grew these feelings for each other in times of great moral peril and distress, and yeah, both emotional and physical. So you know, when someone shows up for you in that way, and you, those feelings really get confusing, and sometimes you mistake it for romantic love. And I, I'm not gonna say that. Cora and Mako never really like romantically were in love with each other. I I do think they were, but I think they got there through the fact that it was because they were in such 
emotional and physical stress and peril. Um, and I think, you know, season two, where it's more political and, you know, um, not as like, it's still pretty high stakes, but it's like not directly impacting them. I think that gives them the space to like analyze their relationship and realize that maybe that they're not the best for each other. Um, so, but I do think, I do think that moment where Cora says, you know, I love you too. And it kisses him. I do think that is driven by the pure elation of having her, her bending back. I think she thinks she believes what she's saying. Um, but I don't know. It's again, we'll, we'll never really know what she was thinking in that moment. So, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that, Kayla? Nothing else to add. I don't think with the Mako Cora situation. Uh, yeah. Again, it is interesting that that she said she only deemed herself worthy of love when she's the avatar. Yeah, that which again we do explore that a little bit more as the series goes on of her. Yeah, you know, finding that finding who she is outside of her identity as the avatar. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of all my thoughts on that matter. If that's. <laughs> Yeah, all really good like theories and observations. I intentionally, yeah. I intentionally picked out some thoughts that went against what we thought. <laughs> yeah. To, to like, you know, I just wanted to see how the conversation we'd had and yeah, yeah it's all really. I'll tell you what the whole point of the messenger hawk mailbag is: is to yeah. you know kind of chat about because like, again, what's what's can be great about fandom is all the different opinions and thoughts and theories that come about. Um, yeah. And it can be a double edged sword, but you know, here we're trying to have you know candid you know thoughtful discussion of fandom respectful discussion of fandom and media mm -hmm. here at the podcast so we appreciate yeah. it whenever you guys send in thoughts that aren't exactly what we think you know kind of makes mm -hmm. us think more about what our opinions are so thank you for that <laughs> yes um and then our final listener submission we have here this is from james on our twitter dms so they sent uh it looks like a, a screen grab of maybe from like reddit or tumblr or something i think but... that's that's definitely tumblr okay <laughs> thank you kayla <laughs> i spent um, too much time on that site so yeah no <laughs> so it uh it says rewatching the show i get the vibe that there's an unspoken thing that tenzin had kids out of obligation like, at some point, not long after Aang's death, he apparently had a very bitter breakup with Lin and married a woman about 10 to 15 years younger than himself. He's late 40s, early 50s when the show starts and is still having kids even. I think when his dad died, it hit him that he was the last airbender now, and the burden to keep airbending alive was on his shoulders. Lin probably didn't want kids or maybe just couldn't have kids for some reason, so he broke it off with her. This isn't to say he's a bad parent, as he doesn't seem to particularly resent his kids or Pema, but I think maybe he does begrudge his siblings a bit for being able to be free spirits and avoid having families, thus inadvertently putting the burden of airbending all on him. Ooh. Okay, this first point about the reason Tenzin dumped Lin to be with Pema is that Lin didn't want children or couldn't have children. What do you think of that? I never thought about that. I have because I've probably seen this post before. I'm not going to lie. but uh... <laughs> Of course you have. <laughs> okay, guys, if you know me at this point, I am the, I am the Tumblr person here on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have definitely given that some thought. And I mean, I'm, I accept this. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that was a part of it, you know? Uh-huh. Like, obviously, there's, you know, when it comes to breakups as someone who's current, who's just gone through one of her own, uh, one of her own, uh, like, 
you know, they can be complicated. There can be many reasons why people end relationships. And yeah. I think that was probably one of them. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think also we see plenty of times in Tenzin's arc going off of the second part here of him taking on so much responsibility as, you know, kind of keeping the airbender culture alive. You know, that's definitely a big part of it, for sure. Having children and, you know, uh, you know, keeping, you know, like, you know, we see it in more in season three when Air Nomad, you know, when, when the airbenders start coming back. Like, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I, this this entire post makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And I also think if if it wasn't maybe like Lynn either didn't want kids or couldn't have kids. I think the third reason was maybe she also didn't want that responsibility of repopulating the air nation. Like that's also a lot of like responsibility and pressure on her because what happens if like, like they do decide to have kids and she can't get pregnant or like, I don't know, like a miscarriage happens. Like it's going to resent her. Like she doesn't want to be in that position. Or if they have an earthbender kid. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think Lynn wanted all that pressure. Yeah. Um, on top of the fact that I think, you know, that um, she was very committed to her career. And I think also because of of her relationship with her mom and Su Yin, I don't think she saw herself as a mother. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's so interesting. I never thought about, like, really why they didn't end up getting together. And Tenzin does say in the first season something along the lines of, like, we were growing apart and we wanted different things. And it was probably That's... this specific thing, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I never, I never thought about it that, but um, I have, but not to the point of like voicing all my feelings about it all out loud. So yeah, I appreciate this post kind of outlining it. Um, and this last part about how he resents Kaya and Bumi is something I always picked up on, especially in that season two episode where they're looking for Iki. I was also thinking about the scene when they're all sitting at the dinner table in season two as well. That too. That too. Like, I 100,000% think that Tenzin resents the fact that he has all this responsibility and pressure. Not only the fact that he has to repopulate the Air Nation, but he also has to continue on the legacy of his father as a member of the Republic City Council, at least in the first season, you know? So, uh, there's so much pressure on him, and it, he's bound to project that resentment onto Kaya and Bumi. And I think that's why maybe they have a sort of a strained relationship, you know? Um, that's so interesting, but yeah. But well, yeah, I'll I think that's definitely these, prevalent. We'll have to keep these in mind as we get into the next few seasons of Korra for sure. I'm yeah. sure that's come back up again. Yeah. But thanks James for sending that into us. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to look at some results from these polls that we put out on our Instagram. And I'm really excited. And we also have some um, pick your number questions uh, specifically for us about the podcast and just about whatever. Um, so I'm really excited to get those to get to those. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break and we will see you guys then. Hey, everyone. Kayla here. Before we get into the second half of the episode, we just wanted to remind everyone to check and make sure you're following the Avatar Hour podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if that platform has a rating system, please consider it leaving us a review and maybe some feedback. With subscribers and reviews, it allows us to reach future listeners and to help the podcast grow in the long run. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. 
And we're back with our first Messenger Hawk mailbag episode. So let's get into some of these polls that we put on our Instagram stories. Um, so these were just random little things that I came up with. Um, so nothing, nothing too serious, but um, I thought I thought some of the responses to these were interesting. Um, so obviously, just starting out pretty basic. What do we think the best villain for Matla is? And Kayla, let's also go ahead and and vote on these after we read the results. Okay. Um, so out of these four, two percent said Zhao, Admiral Zhao. Four percent said Hama. Ten percent said Ozai, and eighty four percent said Azula. Agree. 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 Moving on. (laughs) Best villain from Korra. 8% said Unalak. 10% said Kuvira. 27% said Amon. And 55% said Zaheer. What do we think? I'm gonna, I mean, in my opinion, might change after we rewatch season three, but especially with season one being so fresh on my mind, I think I'm gonna go with Amon for my favorite, for the best villain, Mm. personally. I'm sticking the presentation, <laughs> the presentation and lack of motivation. Um, <laughs> that's a oh, that's a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Kuvira. Kuvira's always been my number one villain. I love her in her season, so I'm yeah. We need more Kuvira love in this family. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Amon for now for this mm. episode because again, this is so fresh in my mind. But ask me this question again after we finish Korra. Okay, okay. <laughs> work. All right, best animal companion. And obviously, I kind of shot myself in the foot in this one because who's not going to pick you know who? 8% said Pabu. 19% was, was tied for Momo and Naga. And 54% is Appa. Duh. I'm not surprised whatsoever. Yeah. And I agree. <laughs> I'm only for the fact that I live in a 900 square foot apartment, I'm going to pick Pabu because I love him. And I want to just cuddle up with him and take naps all day with him and teach him little circus tricks. Love it. Um, Ideal vacation spot. 4% said Republic City. 12% said Kiyoshi Island. 35% said the Air Temples. And 49% said Ember Island. I'm also not surprised by these results either. What would would you pick? I'm going to, I'm just going to go for like least likely to take a vacation to. I'm going to put Kiyoshi Island towards the bottom here. Mm-hmm. Um, put Air Temple's probably third. Um, Wait, these are the least likely or the least most likely? Least likely. Least likely. So you're like, least likely. I'm sorry. I should say vis- like, I'm sorry, I should say like, uh, no, I meant to say like, I'm sorry, I'm going to say most likely. It's like number four would be Kiyoshi Island. Number three okay. would be the Air Temple's number two. Uh, I'm having a hard time with this because I do love a good beach vacation, but personally, I think I would go with Republic City as my top vacation spot. Same. I feel like Republic City has so many places with good food. <sighs> yeah, like the, especially getting my taste, getting my taste back. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do like going to the beach, but like, I also don't enjoy going to the beach after like a. I, it's got to be like a day trip type of situation. I can't stay for a week. You know, I, you know, I'm going to say something very, very controversial, but brave. Um, why y'all going to the beach for eight hours? Yeah. Why y'all I going to the beach for it's 19 like, it's hours? Like a, it would technically be a desert if the ocean wasn't right there. It just reminds me of a desert. Why? Why are y'all spending from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. at the beach? Not even like, like going to the shop. No, you're on that sand 
for nine hours. Why? Just, yeah. Can someone I'm, enlighten me? The ocean isn't that great, guys. <laughs> like I understand. I'm scared of the ocean a little bit. So I understand I, some people find it like <clears throat> relaxing. Uh, I don't. I'd rather I don't go find to the, it relaxing. I'd rather go to the beach in like the morning, maybe when there's like no people and See, no screaming children and stuff. I I <laughs> like going to the beach in the evenings or the evenings. Mornings I want evenings, I want to go somewhere that is. Th- I want to go somewhere for dinner that's right next to the beach, and then after we have dinner, we go walk on the beach for a little bit. Yeah. That's my my that's my cap with like the beach, beach at sunset, you know. Or yeah, sunrise. that's that's great because the yeah. sand's not hot. Most people, if you're in the right beach, have already gone home. Yeah, and the sun setting is really nice. Whether you're you're on the east or west, doesn't matter. It's still nice. You got that pink sky. It's beautiful. Yeah, and it's cool. It's not blistering hot. Yeah, I don't. And I also it's I I I realize that I don't like going in the water because I'm deathly afraid of the ocean so also i know that here. plays that plays part into my reason why i don't understand why people spend so many hours at the beach but it's just i don't want to sit in that sand for like more than an hour yeah because then i get uncomfortable and you can start getting sand everywhere the sand in your phone sand in your water bottle you sand see, in the book that you're reading what's see, going on yeah see i don't like sand it's coarse and rough and irritating <laughs> and it gets everywhere that was such we a better were, line to read too. We I walked. That. I know, right? We walked right into that. Yeah, we walked <laughs> into that. I agree. Oh, do, what do you want me to do? A shitty Hayden Christensen impersonation of? <laughs> yes, okay. I do. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. It gets everywhere. <laughs> That's I said. I told you it was All shitty. Right. It was shitty. Going for I the Avatar Hour it. Oscar. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Oh my god! But uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, I just re- I prefer to like when it comes to like a lot of like now that like I'm starting to get my own you know make my own money and starting to pay for my own shit and stuff uh-huh. like that. You know, it makes me think about where I want to go on vacation and stuff like right. that. And most of the places are cities, actually. I think yeah, because they've got ev- everything you need. Yeah, like like the air know. temples would be cool, but do they have a hotel? Do they have restaurants? No. <laughs> And like you know, do I mean like yeah? I think it would be like I would think it would, if, if air temples were real, it would be more like I would stay in the city, the nearest city, take yeah. a day trip to the temples. Yeah, and take like, sky you know, bison over. Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I why the beach, y'all? Why the yeah, beach? Yeah, I don't get it. And now we're gonna <laughs> That's what I tell people. People who love hiking, I know. I know that some people's therapy. Go to therapy. It saves you a lot less time. Yeah, a lot less effort. Why are you going camping? Why are people going camping? I don't. Why get, are people I, camping? If I were Kayla, to camp, why are people camping? I don't know. If why? I were to glamp, if I were to glamp, I would. I would. I would camp. I would glamp. You know, I would stay in like a building. If I wanted to glamp, I would stay home. I would simply stay home. Yeah, or you know, get an Airbnb somewhere. You know, or at, a hotel. At <laughs> what point? Rent after camp, after know. you pitch that tent, do you realize that you've made the biggest mistake of your life by deciding to camp? I yeah, we live in houses all. for a reason now, guys. <laughs> I saw this TikTok of this couple, and it was like when it's like six p.m. and you're making dinner over the fire you just built, and you and it's quiet out, and all you hear is the 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 crickets, the the crickets, and the the water lapping at the the riverside, and you know all is well. That's my literal worst nightmare. I'm not eating baked beans out of a can over a fire I made. What? Stay home. I think people do that because they don't like their house. 
Maybe. I don't I think know. that's why. I think that why they go to the beach for eight hours, they don't like their house. Maybe you work, on, almost, your, work, you work on the almost, home front. You could almost apply the same exact logic to any vacation you take. <laughs> True. <clears throat> I don't know. I just why are people camping? Let's let's yeah, move I, on from this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get some interesting DMs after this. I bet. I I'm just curious. I would love to know what people get out of stuff like that. I, I just cannot say that. Say that for the next messenger hog mailbag episode. <laughs> exactly. What do y'all get out of that? Um, okay. Anyway. And now we have the yearbook nominations, pretty much. Yeah, this <laughs> between the, the two hosts. The, oh, I should have named that that the yearbook nominations. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So we we did a most likely two, and these are just random scenarios, and I'm very interested in these. Which results. We, oh yeah, like who is more likely to out of the two hosts to do these things? Mm. And I am very interested in these replies. So <laughs> most likely to piss off the cabbage man, thirty three percent Kayla, sixty seven percent Andre. <laughs> I don't know what I could do to piss off the cabbage man. I stay at home. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I only all I do is go to work and like you know go to Rocky Horror stuff and like go to drag shows. Like, what? what how would I run into a cabbage man? There? That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Maybe the cabbage man shows up at a private event. Maybe you stumble into his cart. Maybe you cost him all of his inventory. I don't know. I have <laughs> I have social anxiety a little bit, so like I I'm just scared. I, I just like. I'm just scared of everything. I love people, but I scare, I'm scared of people at the same time. Uh-huh. So, like, I don't think... I. That's probably why I wouldn't do anything with this off the couch, because I'm scared of everything. <laughs> I think it would accidentally piss him off. But he seems like a crotchety person anyway, so maybe he's yeah, easy to piss off. maybe, maybe. All right, this, this one, one is, y'all are wrong for this. Y'all I feel so personally insulted a little bit by this next one. <laughs> so most likely to need life advice from Uncle Iroh, 25% Andre, 75% Kayla. What did you think I need life advice on? I by am the curious way, now. By the way, this wasn't like three or four people voting. This was like 17, 18 people voting. What uh, the fuck do y'all think I need my advice on? Now I need to know. I need to know this. Like, is there something that you know about me that I don't? That my therapist oh my doesn't? Like, <laughs> That's so shady. I know, right? Y'all are shady. You said shady bitches. Y'all wrong for that. Oh my god. What okay. do you need life advice then on for Rock Lyra? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I need life advice. I've, I've got it. I don't know. I think I've got it under know. control. Yeah, I, I think so too. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe, I don't know, maybe people thought your decision to go to grad school was alarming for some reason. <laughs> I think it's been pretty it good to me off. so far. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it was worth it. I don't know. I, did I hate it? Yeah, but I got a job with it. Like, you know, and <laughs> people said, can't relate. Kayla needs help. <laughs> what's funny, what's funny, though, is that I literally had this, like, conversation. I was at, when I was at Pride this weekend, uh, we ran, uh, there's like a Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reporter who was out and about and i got interviewed and i actually got featured in the paper so go check that out nice. uh for being in the rocky horror cast and so she like you know i was like i told her, like yeah i was a journalism undergrad myself and i wanted to be in journalism she's like and, and i was like and she made like some joke about like realizing that there was a better career option <laughs> like she even she knew as a journalist like i'm like yeah actually i did go to grad school for it i just went got my marketing degree wow <laughs> so <laughs> shade follows uh, you wherever you go i know right most likely to run away on a sky bison. 48% Andre, 52% Kayla. I mean, that's a pretty close one, though. That is pretty close. I don't think I would... I have no reason to run away. Yeah. But, like, 
Okay, let's let's modify the answer. If you like had the opportunity to like take a sky bison on a joyride, would you? Yes, duh. Of course, any sane person would. <laughs> I would, but I'd I'd keep them low to the ground. I'm scared oh, of heights. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would like. Ha- I'd rather have someone else be the the pilot right. for this. Like, right. I'll I'll just you know sit in the saddle and you know just enjoy myself for a bit, and then I'll be like, okay. That's we're good. All right, take yeah. me down now. <laughs> <laughs> This next one, I'm going to have to respectfully respectfully disagree on, and I will explain later. Most likely to get lost on the streets of Republic City. It's For- still another close one, though. It's another close one. 48% Andre, 52% Kayla. Y'all, I have essentially no sense of direction. I would immediately get lost as soon as I stepped foot into Republic City. Uh, I need Google Maps always. Uh, yesterday, we took the train into the city to avoid paying for parking fees downtown and i still ended up getting a 20 dollar parking ticket anyway and i'm still bitter about that uh but you know you're part of that nightlife you you're from the streets i what are you implying (laughs) you you you're you're in those nightclubs every night or not every night but like not every night you go out you you know how to get around uh i ought to drive around there i guess i guess if it was if there was google maps the avatar universe i'd be good yeah, you know, like, I don't GPS. know, future industries, GPS, like, I yeah. think I'd be good. Uh, and, you know, I had to kind of rely, I mean, I, maybe I, I joke about being, like, anxious and stuff like that when it comes to, like, some social situations. Uh-huh. But it is true, though, when it comes to, like, asking for help. But I would be, but I, I find that I'm very good at sort of swallowing that and just going up to, like, asking for directions. So it's literally what we, I had to do yesterday to get to oh. the uh, police, like, get to the station. I had asked the police officer, like, is there any heading the right way to the T station? Oh, <laughs> like, see, I would rather, I would rather die than ask for directions. I don't know what it is. I would, I, I, I think it's the mom friend instinct in me because, you know, yeah. when people don't want to ask people for things, I'm usually the one that goes up and is, you know. Well, it's, it's a mom friend override for anxiety. <laughs> it's it's not even like I have a problem asking for help, but there's something about asking for directions, and it's not like I'm I'm not I'm gonna say this now. It's not like a man thing of like I know where it is. I just I'm I'm scared of asking where something is, and then people being like, "It's over there, you stupid idiot!" Like I'm scared I'd be of, scared of coming off like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd never ask for directions in New York City. Oh well, I'll just yeah. I'll just I'll just die. I, I yeah I'll just I'll figure it out. I'll I'll pull up the the walk version of ways and and figure it out from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would one hundred percent need. I mean, there also would be a hundred percent a version of Google Maps for future industries oh, down yeah. the line. So I think it would be good. No, but let me <laughs> ask you. Let me ask you. When you're oh, asking Jesus. somebody, hey, where's the where's the target here? And they tell you, all right, you make a left here, you go on I-90, whatever, and then you get off this exit. Are you able to follow that? Or you just do you immediately just, like, go, like, you know, like, hard of hearing and you can't I need understand a co- I did. I, need a co- I, I take notes. I write down what people tell me when it comes to directions. And I also uh, ask for landmarks, too. I'm like, you know, the guy's like, is there, like, a somewhere to turn at is there like a uh you know like a ga- you know some gas station you could turn at or something like you know i usually ask for landmarks and i i write this shit down on my phone i have my notes app open and ready whenever i ask people for directions oh, 
we're very different people in that regard. I know, right? We should, we should, I would know, we ask go for to... the landmarks, and then I would immediately second guess, is that the right 7-Eleven? Is that the one they were talking about? I would immediately not trust myself and think that that was the wrong gas station or whatever. As soon as people start saying, listen, it's easy. You get on this road, and you go to this interstate, I'm like, just give me an address. I just need an address. Like, no, yeah. no, 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 it's easy, it's easy. Just take a right here, just give me an address. Yeah, I'm I, not I, gonna follow, even if see, I do write it down. I'm I'm scared that I'm gonna miss something, and I just I need I need to have that GPS. See, I, I'm I just I I have my I I need the GPS. I definitely agree with you on that. And if I can yeah. get the address, please give me the fucking address. Uh, but I just like to have also like those landmarks and stuff. Like you know, I need like all the inf- the most information that I can. Uh-huh. And we should we you know, you and I should go on a trip sometime together. I mean, we do have Cabbage Con coming up. Uh-huh. in a year but uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we should take a trip together just to see how we would handle it you know like <laughs> oh my god i don't even know chris <laughs> likes to do this thing where he he like i'll have the gps on the dashboard but he'll tell me to turn left when i it says turn left and there's something about it that just incenses me like do you think i'm an idiot do you think I'm bottom of the, I maybe I just have an insecurity about like people thinking I'm stupid, but um that's probably what it is. No shade yeah. to him, but I wait he does that and I'm like so that's why when I'm passenger and I I will only help you find something if you ask me to. Only if you ask me to. Even you could make a wrong wrong left turn and I'll just I'll let it happen cuz I trust you. I trust you. I'll like oh maybe it's a shortcut. I just live in delusion sometimes. Delusion. Convince yourself. <laughs> Convince yourself. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, um, Jesus. All, all right, right, next one. Most likely to cuss out President Ryko. Slightly close again. Forty-two percent yeah. Caleb, fifty-eight percent Andre. I'm gonna go. Is it, yeah. Do I cuss more on you more than you on the show? Is I that, don't know. Do you think that's why people said that? Or maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's just our energies on the podcast. Like it's a temperament thing. People think, think I'm like. I think it's. I think it's angry. a temperament. I think that I think that you are you're a shady bitch. I think. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Maybe, maybe. See. Shade abounds. Shade, shade abounds. All the shade. I don't know. I'm just also just terrified of confrontation. So like. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I like, I always I always make jokes about you know like again like the social anxiety thing like it's true when it comes to confrontation like i just shut down sometimes oh see i could do it when it's strangers if it's people i know i struggle with confrontation if it's a complete stranger i will not hesitate see it's both categories for me so (laughs) i am scared of confrontation in any circumstances no if you're a complete stranger and you speak to me some some random way i i will will i will treat people with complete respect but the minute that it's not reciprocated and I don't even get like loud or angry. I just get very, very rude. <laughs> and there's you can't because you can't talk to people like that, you know. So therefore, it's correct. It is that the correct sense. answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Ugh. Our next one. This one, I'm very, very much surprised by the results of that. I I'm not like... at all. I am not at all. So this one is most likely to befriend Lynn Bayfunk to get Toff's autograph. Thirty-eight percent said Andre. Sixty-two percent said Kayla. I think it tracks. I think it tracks. <laughs> I, don't they, know. I I don't know whether it's because like uh I come off as like someone who can like I I don't know maybe I'm just I don't know if this is like a, a read or just a, you know a testament that I can make friends with odd people. I don't know. I think it's that one. I think it's yeah. That one. 
I think I think more so it would be me befriending Lin Beifong and like be like because I ended up like making such a good friendship with her, I guess, that it would eventually lead to that. But I don't think I would make friends with Lin just to get Toss autographed. Uh yeah, I guess it just depends how you read it. Because you can read yeah. it both ways. Yeah. yeah. I I'm not that kind of I don't think I'm that kind of person that would just do that just to get an autograph from someone, you know? What about meeting Toph? With, oh, that that shakes up some of your moral constitution, huh? Oh, she's nodding. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not for an autograph, but a meet and greet? Now, hold on a second. <laughs> I would I would be I think I would be good at being subtle about that. Uh-huh. I think, but I think also with my like if I were friends with Lynn, I would know that that would be hard to do. It would kind of be more like this would be nice, but <laughs> I'm not going to get my hopes up about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. So, so our takeaway is our listeners are shady. Yes. But also the questions were already kind of shady. So yes, they were, dude. <laughs> I just thought that would be fun. No, I love if it. They were shady. Whenever I am like, whenever, whenever I say that I'm, I'm like offended by something, like I always, I, it, I, use, I think I come off pretty well. It's like I am jokingly offended. Like, oh my uh-huh. goodness, how could you? Uh-huh. You know, but. Like this, this was fun. I'm glad we did this. Uh, yeah. Now we know what our listeners really think about us. <laughs> I feel closer to our listeners. <laughs> oh, but yes, absolutely. All right, so we have some uh, some questions, direct questions, oh, and nice. this is somewhat related to Avatar, but this is more just kind of like personally for us. Um, so yeah, the way so the way I did this was I just put. The random questions and I assigned them numbers and I had people, you know, send us a number for the question they wanted us to answer. Um, so our first question, I'm ex- I'm excited to hear your your uh, answer for this, Kayla. What's your advice for someone wanting to start a podcast? Don't do it. It's a trap. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm oh. kidding. I'm wow. kidding. Uh, I'm um, gonna say. So this will be the last episode. Goodbye, of- <laughs> guys. Oh my god! No, uh, I will say for as someone who has start helped who started slash helped start three different podcasts in the course of five years, um, I will definitely say that uh, probably a couple things. Honestly, um, uh, working with people I think is better than doing it a hundred percent by yourself. I will yes. say because uh, that can get exhausting, especially when you are doing everything yourself. Uh, so when you're working with, you know, at least another person or two other people, it's a lot easier to stay engaged and motivated. Uh, and, uh, you know, definitely it's also just more fun that way too, Mm -hmm. like to work with someone. Um, I also say to find what makes your podcast stand out amongst a sea of other things, because there's plenty of other avatar podcasts out there and we all th- we think they're all great and we just yeah. i'm very excited about it but that there's other podcasts out there that's not just us talking about avatar uh on the, the airwaves uh but what you know if i kind of find the niche of what makes you unique like what i think makes us stand out is our uh discussion of like our you know our promotion of the fandom itself and the creators within it i think is what also makes us stand out so find something that within your field of podcasts that makes you stand out and Mm -hmm. you'll find people that will be looking for something like that you know i think yes on that i Uh also think there's another side of it 
because there are so many podcasts, it's interesting because when we started planning the show, that wasn't necessarily something that we talked about right off the bat. Like, yeah. what, what makes us stand out? Because honestly, like the way people find podcasts sometimes it's just the first one that shows up or yeah. oh they like the name or oh they like the artwork those things are are things that can help you stand out but sometimes the actual concept or what you're bringing to the table isn't always gonna be something that people are looking for in terms of like comparing now there yeah. are people who are really picky about their podcast and will go through a podcast a, like multiple podcasts about the same thing and pick one that they think vibes with them the best is so in that case yes absolutely but honestly i would focus more on what are your if you're working with somebody make sure you know and set the expectations of yeah. the workload and what you want to get out of this podcast smart um so i mean right off the bat me and Kayla decided who's doing what, how are we going to get this done? And that's shifted since we started, you know, For like sure. I took on a lot of, of the back end stuff. And as time went on, Kayla picked up on some of that, uh, as I started, you know, branching off into the freelancing stuff. And sometimes we'll trade here and there just depending on our needs. Cause we're both busy people. Um, but I think it's like making sure your expectations are aligned in terms of the workload is really going to save you a lot of, uh, potential like conflict or resentment yeah uh, because I've heard a lot of people and I had this happen to me personally where I started a podcast with somebody the expectations weren't set and uh, it like ruined a friendship uh, so do not yeah. underestimate that make sure your expectations are set and of course what do you want to get out of it you know is it like purely just monetization or is it monetization and you want to be a prominent voice in your in whatever industry you're you're inhabiting or fandom space um just having a candid conversation about that with somebody um and even if you're doing it by yourself have that conversation with yourself you know what are you working towards you know do you just want to do a show that is low stakes and you don't really want to monetize and it's just a fun thing you want to do great that's also very valid you know yeah. um but it that'll just help you you know just align with either yourself or other people in terms of what it's going to take to like, you know, maintain a podcast. Um, so yeah. And there's, there's millions of ways to, to start a podcast and, and I've heard some, some really interesting, um, you know, methods that people do. I heard one person on Instagram, they have like a podcasting like business, I guess. And there, they said the first thing that you should do is create like a podcast charter where you write out what do you what is the show going to be about what's your listener base what do you want to get out of it if you're going to monetize how are you going to build your your monetization so it it truly just depends on what you want to do with the podcast that can work for some people i don't think it, it works for me that's just a lot of stuff that i don't think is like 100 percent important right off the bat um but but it's never been easier to start a podcast. So, I mean, if you want to do it, do it and find yeah. some finds. There's a lot of like also pretty inexpensive alternatives for good microphones, too. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say to trust 
the zoom audio i mean some people do that and it's it's fine um but i also know that people are not as picky about audio quality as they used to be so again it's never been easier to start a podcast so yeah um okay this is an interesting question what is a show you think is close to the level of avatar in your opinion Uh, (laughs) um do you have an answer for this right away or i do and it's also my recommendation um i think in in terms of the world building the characters everything about it i think the show that's closest to avatar in my opinion is stranger things i think that show does a lot of the same things that avatar does in really excellent ways um and i know that's also a controversial take because not a people not a lot of people will agree with me on this but just for me personally i i get very similar things out of stranger things that i do avatar uh that's that was the first thing that came to my mind and also because it's you know it it just released its new season it reminded me watching it how much the show is like truly like you know a massive achievement in terms of like writing and storytelling um so I would I would I would say that Stranger Things for sure. I still I only watched season one and I really liked season one. Uh, season two hadn't quite grabbed me, so that's kind of why I kind of dropped it. But yeah. I'll get back onto it now that everyone's talking about it, probably. Um, but I do I think honestly, this might be an odd answer, but I don't know. It might be I, I don't know. I'll say it. I think The Mandalorian is Ooh. a really good example of. Uh, world building and character development and stuff like that. I think that's the first thing that's coming to mind right now. And maybe I'm sure in later <laughs> episodes, maybe I'll add I'll add some other ones in. But um, I think that the Mandalorian introduced a different side to the world of Star Wars. Um, and I know that it's like takes place within an already established universe, but it establishes new rules. It establishes, you know. It's its own world inside of a larger universe, um, and you know character development, the music, the music, the uh, I don't know. That's the first thing that I'm thinking of at the moment uh, when it comes to like the things that we love about Avatar and the things that I love about The Mandalorian and some other Star Wars series. Nice, yeah, I'd have to agree. I love The Mandalorian. Yeah. So, do you want me to take the next one? Sure. Yeah, so what are some of our dream guests that we'd like to have on the show? Which I think we have mentioned oh. in previous episodes. But because again, this is dream, so we can be as ridiculous as, crazy as, as we, we want. want. Yeah, that's, that's what I interpret it as. I don't know if you did the same. Uh, I'm trying to go for less obvious ones. I want Gray Delisle to come yes, on the show. Yes, for sure. I would love to interview her. I think she's such an interesting person. Yeah, and just, I mean, she's like the, she's one of the voice actors, like the voice of our childhoods. Besides yeah. Avatar, she's been in so many other projects, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. still yeah. doing awesome things. Yeah. Obviously, Bright, that would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, we also I would... want Jeremy Zuckerman. Oh, of course, Jeremy Zuckerman. <laughs> we've, we've, t- we've mentioned that. I would love, um, uh, I'm blanking on Asami's voice actress. Sachel Gabriel? Yes. Her and 
Um, Jeanette Varney as well. Yes, I'm completely baking. I would I would <laughs> love to have them on for like a Pride edition of the episode to talk about because I know they they have some some like behind the scenes tea on like Kurosami and everything. Like I want to yeah. know like you know when did they find out? How early on did they find out about Kurosami? How much of that like played into their performance? That sort of thing. Oh, that would be that would so be an absolute cool. dream. Yeah. Oh, and, and um, uh, I can't remember anyone's name. Sokka's voice actor. Uh, Jack DeSena. Jack DeSena. Would love. Yes. I feel like he's so chaotic. I would love that. I would Dante love Bosco. that. And Dante uh, Bosco. Yeah. No no brainer there. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, and uh, maybe a Nickelodeon exec or two so I can see what, what was the tea. What was ooh, the tea? I'd be I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I don't want that. I would be scared. <laughs> oh my no, God. I wouldn't want that. Uh, another question we got is, how does an episode of the Avatar podcast get made? The Avatar podcast? Yeah, the Avatar Hour podcast. This is, the, we're the only Avatar podcast. The only, the only In one. our minds, we are. Yes. <laughs> so uh, how, do, how does an episode get made? Well. Well. Uh, go, you start, go for it, it starts. It starts with the, the show notes, usually, is one of the first things we make before we even start uh, an episode individually. But we do plan our episodes usually ahead of time kind of have an idea of when yeah we're pretty like, well ahead of time yeah like when we're gonna start Korra or when we're gonna start like a comic or so there's like a little bit of pre-planning for that of like kind of when we're gonna record certain things yeah. uh and we have like kind of like a calendar of that um but then we have our show notes that's the actual like skeleton of the show essentially of what we're gonna say it's like our notes it's our you know, it's script a, it, in some ways. Yeah, our script yeah. in a lot of ways, actually, when it comes to <laughs> some of the stuff of like our handles and our intro and things like that. Yeah. Uh, again, not every single thing that we write on the show notes. Uh, some of you know, some people who are listeners are also Patreons. They can see our show notes. Um, they obviously not every single thing we put in the show notes makes it onto the episode, and yeah. vice versa. Not everything we say is in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, but it definitely provides a good roadmap for an episode. And uh, contrary to how amazing our audio quality is, uh, we do not record in the same room. We don't even live in different states, as we've mentioned several times. Oh uh, yeah, I never think about. Do you, I never think about how many people think that we're doing this in the same room? Yeah, we don't. I mean, we're in the same because that's happened for me with a lot of podcasts. Like I, I'll, I'll like imagine them all recording in the same space. This was obviously pre-COVID. Uh, virtually every podcast now is recorded remotely. There's very very few podcasts that are there everyone's in the same room yeah very very they're just very lucky they're just very lucky if they do you know honestly yeah i I would love to do it one day but just on a back-end perspective that just creates much more headaches because no matter how well your microphones are or like how well like you do soundproofing or whatever you're still going to pick up the other person on the microphone Mm -hmm. so if your shit isn't synced exactly then it's it's just a mess so audio engineering nightmare i'd love to do like an in-person episode with kayla one of these days it is going to happen yeah um but i would i don't know if like someone came up to us and was like if 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 the stars align and we started living in the same city and we got a contract with like a podcast studio or something maybe but yeah only if they handled like the editing because yeah that's 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 the most time-consuming part on my end the the editing because usually if like you know if we have an hour-long episode it usually takes between two to three hours to edit um and when we have like two hour episodes it could take four to five um 
So that's also maybe why sometimes like the longer episodes don't sound as edited. Uh, it's because I'm not going to be as picky with those because I yeah. can't afford a lot. to spend four to five hours on one podcast because I do that for a living and I have plenty of other podcasts to edit. Um, but yeah, but yeah, from the inception, of, yeah, like Kayla said, we plan from the beginning. Normally, we'll, we won't plan topic episodes from the very beginning we'll, we'll kind of just do month to month and just see yeah. where what we want to do like a blank space for a topic episode yeah and we have spreadsheets on spreadsheets for this show and we have a whole like master spreadsheet of like topic episodes that we want to cover in the future um but yes yeah, so, but once it's it gets recorded then i edit it and then uh kayla will usually takes care of the patreon stuff i'll post the episode to patreon and then kayla yeah. handles the social media Yes, um, and, and I edit our TikToks and stuff. Uh, yes, when, when you whenever you see the videos of our uh, preview episode, you know preview TikToks, it's mm. usually me doing it's it is me doing the edits on that. Yes, uh, yes. and yes, I also do all the social media promos. I do it all. In he one does the go. graphics. Yeah, he does the graphics. Yeah, before the season starts, I'll just go ahead and do it all in, in one go because it just saves me. It just saves me time. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's and then you guys and we schedule it and you guys kind of see all the work that we put into it. And then we do it all again the next week. Woo! <laughs> I think probably the hardest part now that like, especially because Andre's gotten, you know, Andre's gotten more involved in his, you know, local theater production. So that does make things like, you know, we, we both are very, we're working, we're both working. We both have yeah. careers and hobbies and things like that. Um, so it's the, you know, now we're working on like scheduling and things like that too, uh, where we both can sit down, like usually set aside like, you know, an hour, hour and a half to record. And of yeah. course we catch up before the episode even starts. So yes, we, yeah. account, we account for that too. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I think that's maybe something that people might not think is that we're so busy that usually the podcast is the time that we both catch up with each other. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't do a whole lot of, of talking outside of the podcast and it's not because we hate each other. It's just, no. we're just so busy. Sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll text you be like, how you doing? Or you'll text me, how are you doing? And we'll, we'll Sending talk for a little shit. bit. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, we, we, we usually just use the podcast to, to catch up. Yeah. But, um, it's kind of nice that I have that kind of built in. Yeah, time, you know, yeah. especially when like we're both again both very busy and we both work from home occasionally, and like there's, yeah. you know, a, a degree of like not have. I mean, at least for me, like I'm, I'm definitely getting better with having more friends. But you know, <laughs> well, I think it nice also to helps have... too because when we're like catching each other up as we're recording, it's also just great to like you know ha yeah. learn how we're doing on exactly. the show, you know. So. But yeah, that's. I think we answered the question. How does Pretty the episode thoroughly. get made? It, it, yeah, it, it takes a lot to get an episode out. Yeah. Um, and this could kind of dovetail into the last up, uh, last question. What's the best and worst thing about doing a podcast? Uh, should we do worst thing first? Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with that. Uh, worst thing. Uh, thankfully, making a podcast has been a very positive experience for me. Uh, I think. The only worst thing is just uh, when technology is not your friend and you're trying to get an entirely digital thing out there. Uh -huh. uh, there's many instances where I've had to tell Andre, I'm really sorry, I can't upload the Zoom video to YouTube because I'm at my dad's and the Wi-Fi sucks out here. Yeah. Uh, that's some of the worst things whenever your technology sucks and, you know, like you have to like restart your computer right before you are about to record a big episode or, you know, uh, Sometimes even finding, even finding for like 
TikTok videos and stuff. Like, I think, uh, like, finding timestamps for it mm. in the video, especially if you do it a few days after recording the episode, unless there's something that stood out right away as something that would be good to use. Like, for example, the yassification of Zuko from the... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the comics uh, you know sometimes that can be a little difficult that's why it's there hasn't been a whole lot of video promos of previews of the of each episode uh, but um, that's so far I think the worst thing if that's the worst thing about making a podcast right now it's not too bad that's pretty good <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't I don't know what the worst thing is because I mean I agree it's it's so far this has just been a really positive experience I would say like I don't know, like, maybe sometimes there are some days where you're not really up to record a podcast because either, like, you're really tired or, like, maybe you just had a fight with your boyfriend or you're just not really in the mood for it and you kind of have to get yourself in that mindset of of being ready for the podcast. And that's not to say that I haven't, you know, told Kayla, I'm not feeling it today. We need to do it another day. Because yeah. the last thing I want to do is come on here and, like, not be, like, in the best mood and just, like, kind of weigh everything down and, like, not really care about what I'm saying. Because I, I can get that way if I'm not feeling something. Thankfully, I don't think that's happened on the show yet. But um, just maybe that's not the worst thing. I guess, like, that's the hardest thing. You know, just being able to, like, be, like, honest with yourself and being, like, are you really, truly okay to record a podcast right now? Because, you know, people people pick up a lot in just hearing your voice, you know, yeah. uh, especially if they've been listening for a long time. They can tell when you're not necessarily 100% into it. Um, so I think that's the hardest slash worst part. I think also just the time commitment can get a little um stressful sometimes the stress that comes with it um but it it always it's always worth it once like the episode's out and then you see the numbers and people you know listening to it um then it's worth it but like sometimes it's it's hard to have like that you know long-term foresight i guess uh as you're as you're working on it but um but yeah i would say i would say that just a caution to people that you know, especially want to make a podcast on of this caliber, I would say, uh, be prepared for the time commitment required um, to make a podcast like this because it's it, it could be a lot. And that's why we take breaks every now and again, because we yeah. need it because, again, we don't want to come on here and and not be our best selves. So, uh, yeah, that's my answer. What do you think is the best part about doing a podcast? Uh the, the kind of like the little community that we've built, you know, mm -hmm. with like people who send us. I mean, some of the most of the people that we've read from the mailbag today are people who regularly are in contact with our accounts and send yep. us messages and stuff. So we really pre we really love that like people listen and tune in every week and send us their thoughts pretty regularly on you know stuff that we talk about or stuff that like you know they want to hear us talk about. Uh -huh. uh, and also just being able to connect with you, Andre, you know, like we've talked Aww. about our friendship over the last, you know, almost two years that we've been doing this podcast. Almost, and, yeah. uh, you know, like just have, especially through all the stuff that our world has gone through in the last, um, the you know, last two years, you know, kind of having this time to just, you know, it also like not, I'm not going to say to escape because we do talk about real world situations on our yeah. podcast. We do yeah. not 
ignore them. Um, so it's a way to like kind of like distract a little bit, but also allows us to explore our world through the lens of this story that we love so much. Yeah, that's that was me and I, and that makes me so excited for Cabbage Con next year because after these years of you know, you know, like engaging with the fandom online, we get to see people in person. You mm. know. Yeah. How about you? I would agree. I think like. I don't know, like just being able to like forge a friendship with you through this podcast has been like really like fulfilling. Um, and I I agree, like it's like one of the best feelings, like getting like a DM or an email from someone who's listening to the show. And especially people who like say like, you know, like thank you for for this podcast. Like every time an episode comes out, like I'm always looking forward to it or like I really needed this ep- this podcast like to get through some stuff. And I'm like that's like all I could have ever imagined is I, I, and it's, it's always nice to think about that. Like, again, when you're in those moments of like, Oh my God, this is so stressful. This is so time consuming. Like it's, there's a pressure of like, you know, delivering to an audience, but there's also like that, you know, that reward that you're like, you know, making some sort of impact in people's lives that you don't even know, (laughs) you know, like, and, and I, I, I think Chris asked me like, maybe like months ago he's like does it ever cross your mind that people are like listening to your voice as they're like driving to work or like driving to like the gym or something or even at the gym i was like it never crosses my mind but when but now that you say that i can only that's all i think about now you know that the fact that we're in people's ears so often that's yeah I just, it just never occurs to me while we're recording because while we're recording it just i'm just Two focused friends. on like our conversation as friends yeah you know, I I almost forget that we're doing like a podcast, you know, yeah. especially when we get deep into the conversation. For um, sure. And also like, you know, uh, kind of it's not that we like, I don't feel like we're putting it into a vacuum, but it almost feels like we're kind of just putting it out to the universe and letting it like once we're done yeah. working on an episode, we're done like promoting it and scheduling and things like that. It's kind of just out there. And yeah. not that we're like, and, but like when people respond to it, I, I know it was like, I was joking, it shouldn't take me aback or anything, but yeah. I always have pleasantly surprised whenever people engage with our stuff you know yeah because we did this we didn't do this because we wanted to like you know get rich and famous off of it because let's face it we're not going to but we're like we did it because we love avatar so much and we wanted to discuss it uh so just the fact that this res resonated with as many people as it has so far is just fucking incredible yeah and i also just honorable mention the best thing about doing this podcast too uh is being able to connect with people all over the world yeah um, literally and have people like come on our show from like four different time zones at the same time like that is just it's just amazing to me that we're able to do that and we can connect with people who are really prominent voices in our fandom space it's just the coolest fucking thing about this job um so ah i just i don't know i just love doing this show look at us who thought? Not, <laughs> Not me. <laughs> and I love doing the show with you, Kayla. You're the best co-host. Aw, you are fucking fabulous as well. This is just, I'm just so glad we get to do this together. Like, yeah. I mean, full aw. disclosure, if one of us has to leave the show, it's probably going to be the end. Because I, I can't yeah. imagine, like, replacing Kayla with anybody else. Like, yeah. Because we've just, Same we've here. just built a certain, like, working rapport that it just, I, I don't think I can rebuild that with someone this this in this like this much and i can't i can't do that so yeah 
So hopefully we're <laughs> we're around for the next couple of years. Sure. Um, so yeah, okay. Well, that was our last question. That was I did not expect this mailbag episode yeah. to run so long. So but, sorry, uh, future Andre, but it's been <laughs> a great episode. I mean, this is a this is a good episode for a non, especially this is probably like one of our longest like non recap non topic episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Oh my goodness. Well, how about our recommendations for the week? Because this entire episode is the one big fandom corner, essentially. <laughs> uh, my recommendation, I've already mentioned it earlier, Stranger Things 4, Volume 1. It's just absolute, absolute masterclass in television and storytelling. Just go and check it out. And if you haven't watched Stranger Things, or if you're like Kayla and you dropped off on Season 2, just I promise it, just get through it. It's, it, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding running up that hill on all over my feed so now that oh my god don't even get me started (laughs) well speaking of music my recommendation this week is a new musical that i'm obsessed with and it's new to me it's probably not that actually new i don't know if you've heard of it andre it's called Mm -hmm. ride the cyclone it is a musical it's uh essentially now this is the this is like I would make a comparison to another musical out there, but the resemblances end very quickly. It's similar to a similar format in regards to six. So six has six core cast members. They're on stage pretty much the entire time, and you know, and they you know each have their own individual song and participate in the other characters' songs, uh, and that's where the resemblance ends. Uh, period. So it's not like a typical musical with like an ensemble, the main cast, things like that. It's just yeah. you know a group of people. So Ride the Cyclone is this kind of dark, a little bit, definitely a little bit comedy, uh, but very emotional musical. There's a lot of emotions in this musical. Uh, it is basically about six kids who go on a go on a school field trip for the school choir to a local local amusement park, and they go on a roller coaster and there's a horrible accident and they all die and uh there is this fortune teller machine that's able to predict where you know when exactly you will die and where and so after the the music part put them on like a family friendly mode uh essentially feeling guilty because part of his programming now is to say your lucky number is three go ride the cyclone and the cyclone is the roller coaster that killed the kids. So he feels bad and somehow has the ability to bring one of them back to the living world. So these kids are essentially kind of competing for a vote on who gets to go back into the world of the living. So each of their songs essentially is a telling, the, you know, kind of sharing who they are as people, but also their like their fears, their dreams and things like that. Uh, and, you know, it's the each of the songs are different genres. It is a wild trip of a musical, but it is just, there's so many different emotions that you feel. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. Again, different genres of music, which is super cool. So there's a little bit of something in it for everybody. Um, The entire soundtrack is now available on all streaming platforms. And there is a video online of the musical itself. And I do believe it has kind of found its own little following on TikTok. Uh, but I highly recommend watching the record, watching the video before you do anything else with it, because it is also a very well shot video. So check out Ride the Cyclone. Uh, I also need more people to talk about it. <laughs> so uh, go listen to Ride the Cyclone. Go watch Ride the Cyclone. It's just phenomenal. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, well, that pretty much wraps up our episode for today. If you'd like to stay up to date on what's next for the podcast, we are on TikTok uh, at the Avatar Hour Pod 
on Facebook and Instagram, we are the Avatar Hour Podcast. And on oh, sorry, on Twitter, we are at Avatar Hour. And of course, our Messenger Hawk mailbag episode happened because people sent in uh, their thoughts and feelings on our episodes and anything regarding to Avatar through our direct messages or through our email at the Avatar Hour Podcast at gmail.com. So keep sending it our, our way. We'll use it for Fandom Corner or for a future Messenger Hawk mailbag episode. And if you want some more Avatar Hour in your life, then consider signing up for our Patreon. For as little as $1 a month or up to $5 a month, you can access our show notes, ad-free editions of our episodes, Zoom recordings, and much, much, much more. If you sign up for our $5 Air Acolyte level, you also gain access to our flagship benefit, the Avatar After Hour. Um, so, what's next for the show? We're going to be taking a, a hiatus from our weekly scheduling but we will be bringing you a topic episode for this month and next month. And we will be doing an Avatar Hour host hangout live stream Pride Edition on our Instagram this month. So stay tuned on our social medias for details on that. These next two months are really, really busy for Kayla and I. But we don't want to leave you guys hanging. So we will be uh, back intermittently. Uh, but we will let you know when those episodes are coming out. And we hope to uh hear from you guys then uh hopefully we we're not completely sure yet but hopefully we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming and recaps starting in august so just letting y'all know where we're at with that uh but until then this has been a great episode we will see you guys later on this month my name is andre and i'm kayla bye everyone, bye, everyone. happy pride